Talk of the Town with John and Melanie. And time to check in once again with our resident economist, Andrew Pyle from the Pyle Group, CIBC Wood Gundy. Andrew, great to have you on the line because I don't know what the heck's going on. Uh, banks are, are closing or not closing. What, what's happening out there? Well, I'd like to say that things were going to get better after last weekend, but things obviously <clears throat> got a lot worse over the course of the week uh, with not only one California tech-centric bank uh, basically going under, but now another California bank that really is going to do in the tech sector, uh, First Republic Bank, uh, in trouble as depositors start fleeing. But the big news, John and Mel, over the weekend was obviously the fact that Credit Suisse, uh, you know, a major Swiss bank, which has been in trouble for a while, this just didn't happen last week, uh, was basically purchased by UBS, obviously now the biggest Swiss bank uh, in a three billion Swiss franc deal. And that, w- that was major news over the weekend. Now, you're the economist, not me, and I remember back at Birchmont Park Collegiate Institute, you did better in history than I did, too. But I did want to think, you know, I'm thinking back to, you know, 1929 when it, it was folks lacking confidence in the banks that banks started closing and, and, and that that caused all the trouble. Are we headed that way? Well, if things don't get sorted out, there's obviously increasing risk of confidence uh, you know, evaporating. And, and that's exactly it. And, and when we step back from this problem uh, and take a look at, you know, the, the Bank of California that's now basically closed, uh, looking to sell its assets. I mean, we're talking about very unique uh, problems whereby, and when we talked about this last Monday, where, you know, you got banks that were doing things they shouldn't have done. They were investing most of their deposits in government bonds just before the bond market collapsed last year. Um, but now it's grown to the point where depositors kind of everywhere are concerned that their deposits may not be safe. So hence, we have the U.S. government um, pulling out all the punches saying, look, we're going to ensure deposits. We've got people in politics now that are asking that not only are some depositors insured. So for example, here in Canada, we're insured up to $100,000 on the deposits. In the States, it's two fifty. You've got people in the States now clamoring that, hey, all deposits should be insured, which would at least stop this bleeding of confidence because if your ins- deposits are insured, you're not going to really run and take your deposits out of one bank and go jump to another bank. But that's where we are right now. This situation is very much in flux. Is this where mattress sales go up? <laughs> where people hiding start hiding under it under their mattresses? Well, it's a good question, Mel, right? Because, again, a lot of individuals have been taking money out of the banks uh, and moving it into other vehicles. Now, not necessarily mattresses, but, for example, <laughs> money market funds or buying GICs or buying other things um, in this view that they're not safe, but they're buying things that, again, are insured, but they're not insured any more than what their bank deposits were. And this is why this is now starting to get a little irrational, and we get a little concerned when things get irrational. When people start behaving in a way that doesn't make sense, uh, obviously, it makes the markets nervous. It makes officials nervous, government officials and central bank. And that's why you're seeing so many uh, actions taking place this weekend. For example, the Bank of Canada, the Federal Reserve and other central banks got together on the weekend and agreed uh, to basically a mechanism that allows uh, faster transactions in U.S. dollars. So where we do this uh, swap agreements on a weekly basis, now it's going to be daily, right? Now it's a very technical term, but Basically, it just means how do we improve liquidity at this time when people's nerves are frayed? That happened on the weekend, and that's an important development. So all these developments are very, very important 
but it still leaves open the question, when does this bleeding of confidence stop? And that's the $64,000, or maybe it gives us discounted the 64 cent question <laughs> this morning. Now, with I mean, I, I with banks closing now out of the tech se- sector and just general banks and now Swiss banks, and then, you know, if banks all over the world start having the issues and the governments are saying, okay, we're going to stand up and we're going to guarantee these, but we're look we're talking about governments that are already overspent from trying to deal with COVID. Uh, is is a lot of this just smoke and mirrors? Well, the, what they'll say is that this is not going to involve taxpayers' money, which is obviously every you know every time we do this, we talk about this is not going to involve taxpayers. You know, the deposit insurance system is really predicated on you know banks paying insurance fees. So it's no different than us paying you know car insurance and. You know, cars hit each other every single day, and somehow the system survives without government money. So we're talking about a very similar thing with respect to the financial institutions, whereby, you know, banks will pay into it. The problem that we have is these smaller regional banks have not had the same level of regulatory supervision as the big banks. I mean, this is not happening in Canada. Uh, Mm -hmm. Regulation is so tight that you just can't get into these issues. Depositors, therefore, feel a lot more confidence. But when we're dealing with these smaller regional banks, that's not the case. So, you know, part one is you've got people today calling for tighter regulation on, on those banks. Probably not a bad idea. Um, but if we're going to start increasing insurance or increasing the insurance to deposits, uh, there's going to be a fee attached to that, right? These banks are going to have to pay that. Otherwise, John, you're absolutely right. People are going to say, well, I guess we'll go to the government, which is not a thing you do when you're trying to get out of the massive amount of debt that we're in. Mm. Well, I, yeah. I guess it's it's still a wait and see at yeah. this point. What do you suggest uh, folks do? Well, I think investors, you know, again, it's a good time to look at your portfolio because, you know, most Canadian, most of our listeners this morning probably are not heavily invested in the, you know, the bank names that we've been talking about. They're probably mm-hmm. not heavily invested in regional banks. But for your comfort level, because people are going to be sitting at home anxious about, you know, are these things in my portfolio? You know, sit down with your advisor and just take a look at what do you have? What's, where's your exposure? Um, you may have a mutual fund that might have exposure to one of these banks, but it'll probably be very, very small. But I think for your peace of mind, uh, it pays to sit down and just have a discussion and say, look, is this going to be a big risk? Now, having said all that, as we saw last week, it doesn't matter if you don't own these things because we saw most banks around the world uh, see their stock prices go down. So, even if you don't own these things, doesn't mean you're not going to be impacted. But definitely a good time to sit down with your advisor and, and talk through what is happening today and, you know, again, what could happen over the course of the next few weeks. Andrew goes into much more depth in all of this, much more clarity, too, because we're not asking dumb questions. Uh, on his uh, webinars and on his website, Andrew, folks want to keep track on what's happening with you in the pile group. Where do they go? Yeah, if they go to our website, all of our contact info is there. They can also uh, sign up for our notifications, John. So our newsletters that go out, our blogs, this Wednesday we're going to be hosting a conference call, uh, which will be a very timely call, obviously. We do those every month, but uh, absolutely we're going to be discussing these issues Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock so people can sign up to, uh, to join that conference call with us. Andrew Pyle is with the Pyle Group, uh, CIBC Wood Gundy. Andrew, thanks for being here on Talk. Thanks, to Andrew. Time. Thank you, John and Mel. You guys have a great week this week. John Eaton and Melanie Kay's host, Talk of the Town, weekday mornings on 95.1 The Peak.